This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good Wednesday morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma today. And you're listening to Horses. I heard that today. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's right. I did it right. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for July 10th, episode 2222. Did you have fun with that when you put that in there? Two, 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 two. Brought to you by horselovers.com. Good morning, Horse World. Big Wednesday, the day you face your own biggest challenge. The day you risk it all. The day you either distinguish yourself or fade into the crowd. Hang on, we're hitching a ride. Daddy, I want another pony. I put 40 hours in this weekend, man, it's only Wednesday. On today's show, we have a special live report from listener Kathleen from the Lexington Junior League Charity Horse Show. We are joined by Megan Errol for a horse health, excuse me, a horse health segment on massage. Then Jamie talks about sheath cleaning because what better way to celebrate our 2,222nd episode than to share a therapeutic laugh about sheath cleaning? You got it, Jamie. Time permitting, she'll maybe even bring us a training tip. And Justine from Heels Down Magazine and Heels Down Happy Hour comes on for her regular visit to bring us their latest. But first, Glenn updates us about a whole lot of rain in the Gulf. So you don't want to miss any of it. It's going to be a packed show as always today, guys. And speaking of today, today is National Kitten Day and National Pina Colada Day. So whether you pick up a cat to cuddle or a cocktail to guzzle, it's going to be a great day. <laughs> Both. Well, Barry's <laughs> brewing in the Gulf. That's right. Uh, it could be a hurricane by Friday or Saturday. So they're expecting it to become a tropical storm today. And what's weird about this one is it's starting at the top of the Gulf, like right under the panhandle of of Florida, of Mississippi, Louisiana. It's, it's actually forming right there at the top, uh, which very seldom happens. They think it could be a hurricane by... By Saturday, but what that means for our listeners in Louisiana and Texas and and even into Florida is that uh, you're looking at up to 30 inches of rain because it's going to be slow, so slow moving that when it comes in, it's going to be there for a while. So all that emergency preparedness we talked to about yesterday on the Endurance Show, you might want to have, if you're in a flooding area, you might want to have your evacuation plan in place by, by Friday or Saturday and get those horses moved to higher ground. Is there higher ground in Louisiana and Texas? I'm not sure. Um, but you might want to get that plan together. Because, yeah. It, it, yes. In Louisiana and Texas, you just drive north to like Kentucky, Mississippi. Yeah. Keep going till you find a hill. Yeah, Louisiana Tennessee. has lower ground. Yeah. Louisiana has a lot of lower ground, yeah. a lot of higher ground. Go to another state for their higher ground. <laughs> but yeah, they're 30 inches of rain, a ton of rain. So they're saying the wind won't be so much of a factor because the storm doesn't have time to build up energy. 
you know, moving up the Gulf because it's already the top. So what what is a problem with this is that the Gulf of Mexico is at one of its warmest, the water temperature is at one of its warmest in years. It's over 90 degrees. So that's pretty hot water. And that helps with the formation of these storms. So that's so my, my brother-in-law just made a trip down to the Gulf. They live here and they're like, hmm, let's just drive somewhere where we can go to the beach. So they packed their three kids in the car. Let me find exactly, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, where they went. And they decided to take a trip where they can just drive to the ocean with their children. So 12.5 hours later, they land in, let's go with somewhere right around, just, you know, kind of in the coast of New Orleans, Mississippi. I think they went down to Gulfport, Mississippi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they Which get gets there. hit by every hurricane that ever comes through. <laughs> well, but also because of those warm water temperatures, they get there. And 12.5 hours since the car's kids are ready to hit the beach. It's there are toxic bacteria in the water. No one is allowed in the ocean. <laughs> because of that 90 degrees and all the rain that's happened up above them, you know, the I guess all the uh fields and crops and everything all everything washed down into the ocean where it was 90 degrees and like spawned this flesh eating bacteria so <laughs> he drives his kids 12 hours to go to the ocean and they get there and they're like sorry folks wally world's closed oh uh, did they just go take up the kids to the casino instead there's lots of those there too i i'm like what are you gonna do and he's like a uh, mini golf and a gator farm <laughs> for Eight days. That's about it. <laughs> I did I'm like, see who that goes they to Gulfport for vacation anyway? I mean, you were looking for it. You were asking for it. But yeah, all the ocean was closed today. It's closed yeah, today. It is hot. I mean, can you imagine going in? That's like taking a bath. That's like going into bath. I'm not sure that's refreshing at all, to be honest. Going in the jacuzzi. Yeah, it is. It's 90-some degrees. I mean, the golf well, is warm anyway, but that's like Well, ridiculous. we wish our best to all of you that are down there and yeah. all of you that all... Went in the ocean and had your flesh eaten away. <laughs> Sorry. And before we it get sucks. to Daily Winnie's, I did want to give our sympathies to one of our long... God, she's been listening forever. One of our longtime listeners and auditors. She'd been an auditor forever, too. Her name is Kathy, and she lost her mom yesterday. She mm -hmm. posted that in the auditor room. And Kathy, we're thinking about you, and our love and hugs are, are heading you and your family's way. Uh, but she's been... I think Kathy... Ka I mean... I remember Kathy from when we started this show. She'd been around a long time. So I think Kathy actually came to my house in Arizona. Yes. And visited. She, she did. Yeah. Yep. It's that Kathy. Yep. So our love is uh, oh, off to yeah. you, Kathy. All right. Let's uh, do some Daily Winnies. Well, the this My Daily Winnie is, of course, birthdays. Happy Couple auditor birthdays for you today, Joy Dorsch and Emily Bentz. Happy birthday to you both. And I also want to welcome a bunch of new auditors over the last week. Karina Grader, Erica Harvey, Maya Grassi, Meg Topless, yes, Topless, and Brooke Smithson. So uh happy or get welcome used to, to him ruining and butchering yes, your name. Your, your name, yep. Um 
Topless threw me for a minute. Uh, so anyway, we want to welcome all those new auditors. And if you're not in the auditor room yet, just search for HRN Auditors on Facebook and ask to enter and we'll add you into the auditor room. So it is your turn for your Daily Winnie. Man, I got to tell you, I am up to my ears in paperwork. And you know how I like paperwork. It's like homework and it sucks. Um, Between registering the, I have now sent in entries for baby Groot and baby Zara to go to their first ever horse trial. Now, baby Zara will be doing the future event horse You're at two year olds. You're not going to start with like a little dressage show or a little jumping show? You're going nope. to the horse trial? <laughs> right to it. Right to it. Groot needs to understand. I mean, the play, the play, the, the competition is like three miles away. Oh, so, of course, the, I'm going to go. You don't even have to stable. Isn't that nice? No, I'm going to stable, though, because he needs to get uh, used to the environment, yeah. you know, of being at a horse show. So, he's going to be learning. We're going to go over 18-inch horse trail fences like a telephone pole on the ground. But it's not about competing. It's about just getting him used to the experience. And then baby Groot, uh, Zara is going to go into the two-year-old. So we're, we're really working on learning how to lead proper. Um, and then the other paperwork I'm doing is trying to register them. So I'm giving my daily winning to myself because, oh my God, I'm so tired. of. <laughs> yeah, I'm so tired of paperwork, but I'm really knocking it back. You know, like I got the entries off. And then I just want to explain to you how hard it is to register a horse. Like, you know, when people are like, she's eligible for registry, but on the ads, but we didn't like do it. I get it. I get why you didn't do it because it is a pain. So right now I'm currently um, waiting on my veterinary appointment to come out and so they can match the DNA hair samples I take out of the horse to the one, the drawing that they have to do on the paper, like a Coggins. And then I have to send in DNA samples. And then by the way, I have to pay for the mare to be a part of the book. The year she was conceived, the year she fold, the year she was conceived, the year she folds. So it's four back years of fees that I have to pay for pink. Really? For Is Mama that how pink. that works? Oh my God, we're looking to register. Now, I haven't taken them to inspection because Zara was sick and the closest inspection here is in Texas and I'm just not driving baby Stanley out there when he's going to be a gelding. I don't care. Um, so they're letting me register them through the, through, uh, the mail. Thousand dollars. What really? Me. A thousand dollars. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I said. So between DNA samples and ve- and that's not including the visit that I'm going to have to pay the veterinarian for coming out to do all the paperwork and all this crap. So at any rate, I just wanted to let you guys know that I get my own daily <laughs> because this sucks. Oh my God, it sucks. But the lady that I'm dealing with at the Oldenburg NA Association is super tolerant, and super patient because I call her like three times a day. <laughs> Your bill just went to $2,000 just uh-huh. for phone time. Yeah. yeah. She's like, you know, you get to save a little money. I'm like, good. Yeah, tell me that one. What can I do? <laughs> <laughs> but there's people that like love this stuff. My friend um, up in, in uh, near Oklahoma City, she is the one that has the Andalusian Stallion, and she was like so excited to take horses to the inspections and to breed them and to do this. I'm like, I don't want to do that. 
I just want to get on and ride, ride. it. <laughs> <laughs> just want to go to shows. Let's I don't want to do all this paperwork and all these foofy little things about the trotting in circles. breed people are into that. I, you you got to be a breed yeah. person to be into that. Exactly. Yeah. No, and exactly. Yeah. And they are, and that's what they do. And you guys are amazing who do that. That's a very big skill because I don't have the patience for it. So at any rate, and also um, in the in the life of us, Abby's visiting us. So you know that Lucas and I are happy. So... Very good. All right. Well, we're going to do something that uh, we want to do more of going forward here. So keep that in mind when you're going out to horse shows. We want to get live reports from horse shows. And there's one that's been going on for a very long time. Jennifer and I uh, went over a couple of times. And and you'll know why when I tell you what kind of horses there are, are there. But uh, this is a special live report. And this is our listener, Kathleen, from the Lexington Junior League Charity Horse Show at the Kentucky Horse Park. It's in its 82nd year. Uh, the Junior League Charity Horse Show has grown to become the world's largest outdoor American saddlebred show, and you also see plenty of Frisians and Hackney ponies there as well. Mm. So Kathleen's joining us this morning. Hi, Kathleen. Hi, Glenn. How are you? Good. Now, since when did this move for, for like 80 years it had been at the Red Mile? It was. For 81 years, it was at the Red Mile Racetrack here in Lexington, Kentucky. Two years ago, it moved to uh, the Kentucky Horse Park, and it is taking place in Rolex Arena. Uh, They have cut the ring in half because that's a very large ring. Very large ring. Uh, But it is... yeah, <laughs> uh, but it is happening there, and it, they have fantastic footing, and they've been very happy with uh, this new location. And uh, we're standing right now under the trees by the lake and by the jumps for the uh, cross country. Oh yeah, so uh, we we all know good, exactly where you view. are. <laughs> yes. Well, very good. Well, now tell uh, us tell us and, uh, and we, about the show. What kind of show is it? So this is primarily American Saddlebred, uh, and they uh, show both under saddle. They do five-gated, three-gated saddle seats, and they have a few Western classes. You will not find a peanut pusher in this bunch. Uh, (laughs) They're they're a long drink of water. Um, And then they have driving classes as well. And actually, right at this moment, they have a long-legged chestnut coming at us in a, uh, a jog cart. And, uh, but, uh, uh, most of them are saddlebreds. There are, uh, also a large number of hackney class pony classes here. And then are they stinking cute, Kathleen? Are they stinking cute? Oh my gosh. (laughs) There's one that just came by and he's, he's a little bit shorter than scooter and he's a little dark little thing. And he was just prancing his way right up to the ring and he's all done. His mane's all done up in red and he's cuter than a bug, bug's ear. But, uh, they, so the, the, other breeds primarily come in on uh, either tonight or Friday night uh, for driving classes. And then they have uh, a few Frisian classes. They have a walk trot with um, little kids. That's cute. <laughs> really cute uh, on Frisians. So uh, that class is coming up, I think, on Thursday night. Very oh, my cool. God. Little cute children on Frisians. Are they wearing little show clothes and everything? They are. They are. And they do... Uh, quite a few different age groups here last night i think there was an age uh, six to ten uh and they're out there on their saddlebreds all done up in their um i think they're a three-piece suit type of thing and with their little bowlers on 
and and their eye makeup so the judge can see their faces and their little lipstick and they're just they're adorable. Can uh, I just please is it weird around? is it weird if you photograph other people's children on Frisians for me? Just take no. lots of pictures. Okay, no. cool. I will I will send you some. Yeah, no problem whatsoever. <laughs> uh, and then they like last night because it is a charity event. It's through the Junior League. Uh, I believe over the last 83 years they've raised about 5 million dollars for charity. Uh, and they, uh, do a lot of family events here. Last night they had the, uh, thick pony races. And so all these kids, there's about 20 to 30 of them go into the ring with their little stick horses and they race around the ring and then they all get their ribbons and they all are happy. And, and it's quite the fun, uh, fun evening for the family. Yeah. I, I, my first Hackney Pony actually was the Ohio State Roadster Champion. We didn't know that when we bought him, and we learned that ah. the first time we put him in a <laughs> cart, and it was like driving an out-of-control Ferrari. Uh, it, because, yes, they are Ferraris. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, their action is incredible, <laughs> but their speed is also incredible. So I, yes. I had to learn how to drive ponies all over again. That was like my second or third pony, and that was a whole new experience. Jennifer would not even get in the cart with me. She said, this is just too dangerous. I'm not doing it but it but was I, so much i don't fun. think she still gets in the cart with no you, that's she? true that is true I, I yeah think that's you're still, right about that yeah <laughs> kathleen i want to ask you about this before but, uh, we get to your guest that you have somebody you're going to introduce here shortly but mm-hmm. um the show is listed as a upha show and they're very proud of that what does that mean yes yeah, so the uhpa is the united professional horsemen's association and basically, that group works for the integrity and professionalism in the show ring. So not only with the individuals working on the horses, but making sure the horses have the best care possible. Uh, yesterday, they actually gave a talk at the American Saddlebred Museum. You can see that on their Facebook page. And he talked about the fact that they really are looking for more and more natural horsemanship, that they want these horses to be happy. They want to make sure that um, that they're cared for well. They don't want the stigma that is associated with some of the other breeds. Um, I know some people associate them with the Big Lick, which is not the correct breed. That's more Tennessee Walker. Um, and everything I've seen here has been very professional. Um, but they really work to make sure that the life of not only the people that are involved in the behind-the-scenes work is, is professionally handled, but also that the horses are. And uh, they're very proud of that and work hard to make sure that these horses are happy. And yesterday I got the opportunity to watch my very first Hackney pair class, which if you think driving one is oh interesting. Oh my God, I can't two. even imagine that. <laughs> and uh, Harlan Judd took a few moments to talk to me about his ponies and he just loves them. And you can tell when you talk to the people here how much they love their horses, and which is a really great thing, too. So oh, Good. Good. I'm glad. It's and nice. I, I was, you know, the UPHA has been doing good work and, and they're really, you know, and it's important to have organizations like that in the atmosphere that we're in, you know, with racing having its problems and PETA yeah. getting all up, up in arms, you know, we need to be self-policing and that's pretty much what the UPHA does. So I wanted to bring that up. All right. Why don't you yeah. introduce your guest and we'll bring her on. So we have McGee Boslow with us today. And she is a saddle seat whiz. Uh, she has been riding saddle seat for quite some time. I yeah, believe like she has seen years. Ten, ten national titles, I believe. Around there, yeah. Yeah. 
So she is very experienced in saddle seat, which is, a, is something that I personally have not ridden. So she's going to share with us a little bit about the American Saddlebred and the saddle seat. Well, hi, Mickey. What, did, so, was this a family what? thing? Was that how you ended up getting into saddle seat? I actually, my parents, my family have nothing to do with horses at all. When I was five years old, I went to a birthday party and it just happened to be Saddlebreds. And that was the barn that was down the street from my house. And my mom really did not want me to jump or anything like that. I'm an only child. She was locking me down on the safety. Um, But it just happened to be what was close to us. And it became such a family activity for us over my whole life but it it started with a birthday party so tell us about your we always want to hear about your first horse what was your first horse oh gosh my first horse his name was keys dances with wolves and he was actually (laughs) a spotted american saddlebred which you don't see a lot of anymore you very rarely see a spotted american saddlebred um and i got him when i was seven years old i never actually showed him he was really just my toy pet wonderful companion i did everything on him he was absolutely wonderful he actually just recently passed away last year at like 26 years old he was an old man um but he was absolutely wonderful such a wonderful marker of the breed he was so kind and so careful with my seven-year-old self (laughs) (laughs) now it says you were captain of the gold medal winning saddle seat team in 2014 is that correct I was. I was. I was captain of the five-gated section. So there's a three-gated and a five-gated team. Um, and I was captain of the five-gated team. What is it like to ride that gate? And if, on like a five-gated yes, horse? Yes, yes. It is thrilling. I, uh, you know, I always joke with all of my friends who don't ride five-gated horses. I'm like, the second you sit on a gated horse, you're never going to want to ride anything else. They are powerful and exciting and game um it is definitely sometimes a little bit intimidating it feels like you're riding a wave but um they are thrilling it makes you feel like you are on top of the world it is really it's something else there's nothing like it now when they retire from showing can you actually take them out in the trail then i mean or do they come down enough to go out in the trail and, and just just be a be a horse at that point it definitely takes a minute. I'm actually retiring two of my horses this year. Um, so it takes a second for them to get acclimated to being outside, you know, and not being in the intense atmosphere of the show ring all of the time. Um, but they do. They definitely calm down. They definitely let you take them on trail rides and love on them. I have a horse that's retired right now, and I go out there and I brush him, and I love on him, and he loves it. Um, so they do come down, but it. I definitely think it takes a minute for them to transition from the show ring into a life of leisure and love and luxury. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much the same as the thoroughbreds that way. It, it, it takes them a yeah. while for their brains yeah. to acclimate. Yeah. Well, yeah, and so, I have to tell yeah, you ahead. that we, we have five of them walking by us right now on this course. They just went by us going back to the barn and they're all just flat walking and level headed. Actually, here comes another one. Uh, but they're just walking along. Everything's calm because they're not in the show ring and they know that they have left their work area. Yeah, so. well, that's true. Yeah, I think they definitely know when they're supposed to be showing and when they're not showing. They don't, you know, none of my horses, at least, they're very calm in the stall. They're very calm to be around. They know the second they hit that arena, it's game time. But when they walk out of the arena, they're like, I'm done. We're good. 
Well, you know, come to think about it, when I got my hackney pony, he had just come off showing. We didn't know that. So we were, it, it, we, we didn't realize he needed that time. And it did take that time. We ended up, it took probably yeah. six months to a year. And then, then he was pretty good. You know, we could take him out in the trails with the other horses and, you know, in the cart and, and just have fun with him. But oh, it, yeah. it definitely took him that time to wind down. Well, uh, so, yeah. so go ahead, Kathleen. It's no different than learning any other job. When you move to a new job, you know, it takes you a year to learn how everything works and and be ready for it to come around next time. And the same thing is true with the horses, whether they're coming off the racetrack or out of the show ring. It does take a little while to get back into a different routine and and learn things. And, you know, taking a year to learn something new and learn how to relax wherever you are is is really not a long time for a horse. They don't remember minutes. They just remember the moments. All right, Jamie and I have been doing this job for 10 years. We still haven't figured it out yet. So, I, I, you know, I get that. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, this is fun. Are you showing right now? I actually, I showed last night, and then I showed two more times tonight, and those are just my qualifiers. And then I have to go back to my championship classes. Well, good luck with that. We what wish she's it... not telling you yeah. is that she was reserved last night in a very tough class on her young four-year-old horse. So congratulations oh, for to you. her. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. That's great. Well, uh, well, you can find, learn more about this if you go to LexJRLeague.com. That's where you'll find more information about the show. It's going on the rest of this week. You can head out to Horse Park if you're over that way. And then, Kathleen, tell everybody what comes in on July the 12th in two days. What descends on the Kentucky oh. Horse Park. We start Briar Fest. <laughs> and if you've never seen 10,000 excited little girls and, and, and some grown women excited about horse models, you've not seen anything like Briar Fest. It is amazing. This year is all about the salute to heroes. The uh, mounted uh, police from Canada are coming down and doing a demo. So that will be fantastic the, to watch. The Mounties are coming down to do their demo? My understanding is that they are, yeah. Yay. I have oh, not personally a, seen them yet. Oh, that's the best show but ever. I will, wait I will till send you, you a see picture. Them. Right, wait yes. till you see them. It's the best show ever. They they intentionally drag yes. the arena before they come in, and, you know, there's like 30 or 40 of them or something. And they do their routines, and when they're done, they're, you only have the, the tracks. There's nobody out of place. It's perfect tracks around the arena. It is incredible to watch. Well, uh, you know. If you've never seen the video, oh, I'm sorry. I was just Have you say, ever seen the video where they take their saddles off while they're yes, riding? Yes, yes. <laughs> it's fun <laughs> to watch. It is fun to watch. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm jealous. I would love to see them again. Jamie, have you ever been to Briarfest? Um, the, the going to Briarfest and me at the same time would be a recipe for nightmare credit card. You disaster. had a lot of Briars, actually. I, I have them in my room right now, and if I went to Briarfest, it would cost me like a year's worth of horse care you know what i mean like i would i would buy everything i love briar horses i love them so much and so i've limited myself as an adult to collecting only the famous horses that kind of mean something to me like the famous race horses like i have zenyatta and black caviar but like i still don't have american pharaoh yet and i need to justify and that's a hint for all the <laughs> listeners who want to oh. send her one uh, yeah. oh yeah sure <laughs> send me briars they're only like say we should get you a justify 
photo with the model is really oh. what we need. Oh, I need you know what I good. need is a justify selfie with the model. Yeah, there you, that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> I have no, never seen Briar Attic. Briar sure. Fest I, is incredible. Jennifer and I went twice. I have never. You know, little girls and teenagers get excited to go to horse shows. Like McGee's excited to be there. Nobody's more excited than the Briarfest <laughs> girls when they go to Briarfest. There is nobody more excited. That is they, true. <laughs> they camp out the night before. Now, and then the you people serious? you see that are really looking frustrated and bored are the parents. They're going, oh, my God, I bring my kid to Briarfest again. <laughs> yeah, I just never made it because there's always like the Rolex event was always before it and I had to pick one. And so that's why I've never been. But oh, my gosh, I would love to go. It seems so fun. <laughs> well, thank <sighs> you, guys. We appreciate you both joining us. McGee, good luck. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And thanks, Kathleen. Thank you. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs> Well, we would like to hear, we would like to do more of that. That's so much fun. So if you're going to be at a show on a Monday, Wednesday, or Friday, and you can call in and give us a live report from there, whatever show you're at, whether you're watching or you're competing or whatever, let us know. Especially if you're overseas and you're at a big show overseas, that'd be even better. We can get you on. So definitely uh, let us know. Just drop us a note at glenn at horseradionetwork.com. Or drop Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Don't send Jamie. She doesn't answer emails. But um, you can email us. I do, too. It just takes me a while. (laughs) You can send it. And we'd love to get you on the show. That would be so much fun. All right. Speaking of briars, I know one company that does sell briars, and that's Horse Lovers. What's going on Uh, at Horse Lovers? I don't know. Hold on. Let me look. Because I try. I haven't gotten an email today because I haven't checked my email, like you said. (laughs) Um, But they send you an email blast all the time about all the things that are for sale. And they still have the July 4th clearance sale on Wintech, 25% off. And then, oh, God, what's their summer deal of the day? Yeah, the Wintech model clearance sale. That's their deal of the day. You can go on and win some ovation clothes. You know... They have Wintech saddles marked to 25% off. You never see saddles marked down of any kind. I'm I'm, I'm just, I wasn't supposed to come to this, Glenn. I was avoiding horse lovers. (laughs) (laughs) You just throw me under the bus there, but now I have to look. So yeah, horselovers.com. They also send you an email blast. I don't know, a couple times a day of things that, you know, if you have something on your list, you're like, I really need to get a pair of clippers, you know, just go sign up for horselovers.com and then you'll just check your email blast all the time. And boom, today clippers are on sale for like $22. So you can check them out again. It's horselovers with a Z.com. They always have something that you can enter to win. And right now it's an ovation outfit it's the cool rider shirt and aerobic tights oh i want that hold on i'm gonna enter that i'll be right back (laughs) (laughs) because i love those shirts and then uh let's see what other deals of the day they have for the july weekend sale i'm on the clearance section there's 125 pages of clearance items um so i'm seeing ariat shirts on here marked down 55 percent off ariat boots marked down 50 percent off i mean just a whole ton of ariat stuff it's like it's free and i just got my ariat boots from horselovers.com uh in the i I just got them like a week ago and i put them on and oh my god they fit perfect and i wrote in them yesterday and they fit perfect from the oh wow 
I, I've had the area Volants before, and so I knew the size that I wanted. And I'm just like a perfect normal. I'm not tall. I'm not super short. I'm just like I'm. You know what? I'm perfectly average from the knee down. Uh, <laughs> so I was able to get the boot, and they came. They came, and I've been out of town and moving around. So I wore them last night. Oh my God, they're so comfortable. They were perfect. It was amazing. So I, I get to keep them. You know, you usually when you buy boots, you have to send them back three or four times to get the right ones. And they were perfect. And I'm excited. And I love you, horse lovers. Thank you very much. Very good. Well, our next segment is our horse health, horse health segment. One of the things the auditors have been requesting is that we do more on horse massage and massages that you can do at home. Well, I had done that actually years ago. This is probably eight or nine years ago over on Horse Tip Daily when I used to do that show. And I interviewed a massage expert and her name is Megan. And she actually gave tips on how to do massage yourself. So she's going to talk today about the Wither Rock and Lift. So we're going to play that for you, and then we're coming back with a whole bunch more on today's show. But our Horse Health segment is Megan talking about dressage. Well, hi, Megan, and welcome back to Horse Tip Daily. Hi, Glenn. It's great to be back. So what are we talking about today? We're not talking about my massages, I don't think. Nobody wants to hear about that. So I think we're talking about the horses. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, okay. Um, So, yeah, one of uh, the techniques I show people the most often and also use the most often myself, um, both because it's super easy and really helps the horses and really helps the horse's spine in particular, which is pretty key to everything else. And um, it's I call it the wither, rock, and lift. It's also one of the techniques in my book. Um, but all you do essentially is stand next to your horse and you put your hands and I usually use both together but you can use just one hand Um, but I like to use both together and face directly um, against the horse my horse's shoulder and with my hands on the withers I just slowly and gently rock them side what would be for them side to side and for me if I'm facing facing them it's forward and back so if my fingers are hooked over their withers a little bit I might rock back on one of if I have it's good to have your feet kind of spread out so you can rock your weight from one of your feet to the other so you're to, you're actually going uh, from you're you're rocking from head to tail that direction yeah okay gotcha. no I'm no? rocking for the horse I'm yeah. rocking from right to left so side to side Side to side for the horse. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was but confused facing, there. <laughs> so sometimes I'm pulling their withers towards me. Gotcha. So if okay. I'm standing on the horse's right side, I might pull the withers towards me, which would be then to the horse's right. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. And then some, and then I alternate that with the heel of my hand, um, pushing the withers away from me. Okay. And again, this isn't a big movement. And you also don't want to do it too fast or your horse is going to actually have to tense up because they're going to feel like you're pushing them off balance. Yep. So you want to do it with small enough movements and slow enough that your horse just kind of relaxes into this little rocking movement. Okay. And the thing with the withers is that, well, I mean, you probably are familiar with the idea that with from physics class or whatever (laughs) or or 
construction work or gardening or whatever you class. do, the lever, <laughs> the lever effect, and yes. the longer the lever is, the more the movement at the end of the lever. Yep. And and the less effort it takes for you also. Yep. So it's just, the women. That's why they make are, really big pry bars. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So the horse's withers are actually very long levers directly down into their spine because each vertebrae has what is called a spinous process. It's the pointy part of the vertebrae sticking up. And we have them too. They're just a lot shorter. And um, in the wither area for the horses, the actual vertebrae where the, where the spinal cord is protected is quite far down. It's, I mean, it's six to 12 inches down from the top of the withers, depending on the horse. Um, so the vertebrae are way down there, but these long bony processes stick up and that's what we see as the withers. And so when you're rocking the wither side to side, you are putting in little bending and rotation movements down into the vertebrae way down much deeper. Okay. And so that's stimulating joint fluid down there and helping to muscles around the spine to loosen up and relax and get little stretches. And uh, it starts to create, the more you keep it up, like if you're doing this for 30 seconds or a minute or a couple of minutes, it starts kind of a wave motion through the whole length of the spine. Okay. So it's very good for their spine. And then if you follow that with a wither lift, a lot of people have done like a belly lift or a wither lift where mm-hmm. you scratch on their belly yep. or um, in the girth area. Yep. And they pick up, they, they hunch their back. They hunch their back, yeah. Right. And that's also, so that's very good for their engaging their abdominal muscles and also giving a stretch to the back muscles. And again, kind of opening the joints of the spine between each vertebrae. So, so both the rock and the lift are very good for the spine. And a lot of times people find that their horse might not lift very well. And if you do the rocking first, the lift often happens much more easily. Because you've you've already relaxed that part. Exactly, yeah. And then if you're finding that you do the rocking and you try the lift and it doesn't work and you repeat that two or three times and your horse still isn't lifting, then they probably can't. They're probably stuck in there somewhere (laughs) that's making it difficult to lift. And sometimes people... Then you need the pry bar? Then, yeah, well, you know, speaking of that, actually, I know sometimes people resort to using a hoof pick. (laughs) Um, And I was kind of cringe at that. I mean, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, if you use it gently, maybe, um, maybe it can be done, you know, in a way that's okay. But mostly what I end up finding is, wow, if I need the hoof pick, then there's something else that needs to happen for the horse's back and spine to allow them to be easier easier to lift mm-hmm. so when i find instead of reaching for the hoof pick if i can't get them to do it with you know i might use fingernails a little bit and make it a little more scratchy or use a little more pressure but if i still can't get them to lift then then i want to do some more body work and in my case of course i mean i have that training um for somebody else they may learn that or you might call a professional 
either a massage practitioner or chiropractor or acupuncturist. Um, see if you can get some opening in the spine so that the lift is possible. Okay. Well, that one doesn't sound too difficult to do either. It sounds like something that, that almost anybody could handle. If Just the key, I, the key there is not to push too hard, is to be patient and, and uh, do it deliberately. Yeah. And if you're using your fingers, oh, and side to side, yeah, no, don't push too hard to where yep. you're horse. And if you're for the lifting, as hard as you can use your fingers is going to be okay. Yeah. As long as you're not grabbing a hoof pick and using it hard. Right. Um, <laughs> that's not a great combination. No, especially um, depending on the horse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it might not be safe for either. You might you. be in the next <laughs> county. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a pony, I had a hackney pony that would have been in the next county. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But that it's and it's really quick too. I mean, it, you can do it in as little as thirty seconds, or you can right. spend several minutes. But it's really great to do after you ride or before you ride. Okay, cool. Yeah. Very good. All right. So um, they can find out more about you and all the great videos and everything you have going on. Where? At allaboutanimalmassage.com. Allaboutanimalmassage.com. All right, very good. Well, I know that a couple of the auditors were requesting more about that. We actually have a series of that, so we'll we'll try and play them over time here on Horses in the Morning. She's so soothing, and she talks about massage. I, I know. Like, she is very, that's true. <laughs> I met her in person once, and she's just that way in person, too. How many people talk about uh, listening to our show during stall cleaning, and they're all sitting down now, <laughs> stretching? <laughs> I didn't feel like cleaning that stall anyway. Oh, I'm just too tired. I'm too tired. Well, this week, our Ovation product highlight is the Ovation Aqua X Silicone Knee Patch Breeches. They are made from the Aqua X material. Now, this material has a ton of stuff in it. It's woven ultralight, cool-to-the-touch stretch comfort fabric with a silky smooth inner liner that reduces the body temperature up to 5 degrees. It's also made with channel flex, which are woven two-way stretch channels that circulate moisture and help the breeches dry faster when they get wet from sweat or even rain. Repel Tech, which makes them resistant to abrasion and repels hair and dirt. They have Fresh Lock, which means they're odor-resistant and antimicrobial and also they have ultra uv maximum upf 50 plus protection against 98 percent of uva rays all of this in one breach the uh, ovation aqua x silicone knee patch breeches are mid-rise with a shape front pockets with shape front pockets and grip tech knee patches they are available in a multitude of colors including pretty names like aegean blue indigo pewter stone and sycamore whatever happened to green blue red maroon it's um, not as sexy, Glenn. Sycamore. You know it's green. Visit OvationRiding.com. I love that, actually. <laughs> it's sycamore. Gonna... It's kind of good, actually. Uh, visit, visit OvationRiding.com for all the details or to find a dealer near you. So how do they put that much crap in one ma- piece of material that goes into a breach? I don't That's know, but I'm dying stuff. to have some. That's... Oh, I'm dying for them. <laughs> That's a lot of stuff. All right. You have a segment for us next. <sighs> I do. And, and, and the reason that this was, uh, this came up to me is something that, you know, when you say something and you're like saying that out of this context would be really, really bad. 
you know mm-hmm. so, most of what we say in this show out of character yeah it's true <laughs> but you say things in the barn to your like abby's visiting and um baby groot is Let's explain who abby is because we've said her name a number of times but for new okay. listeners so Abby is as has been a student of mine in Arizona since she was eight years old, and she's seventeen now, and she's basically like my child. And she was Lucas's nanny babysitter like the whole time in Arizona, and she misses us so much. She flies out here every chance she gets. So she's here visiting, and um, she is in love with Drax, my thoroughbred. So she gets to ride him while I ride Baby Groot. So we have Baby Groot in the cross ties yesterday, and Baby Groot is very unhappy with. He's just very touchy. He's a very thin-skinned, sensitive thoroughbred. And I've tried to, you know, they get that, like, smegma smell. I don't think the, the, the wieners of a horse start to stink. And I, you guys know that I, I used to love talking about sheets cleaning on this show. And then um, somebody started playing some songs that make me uncomfortable. And so then I quit talking about sheets cleaning, but I have an update because I said something yesterday that, okay, so baby Groot is very violently opposed to any sort of sheath cleaning whatsoever to, but he hasn't had his, his teeth were fine. They haven't had teeth done. He really needs his sheath cleaned. How and baby so Groot? he's four. He's four, just yeah. now four. And he, he just, he's not desensitized to that area at all. So I put like a hose on him and I spray, you know, I've got the, like it sprays out pretty good. And I've been just working on touching there. And every time I get my hand near his sheath, he cow kicks at me. And so I just keep, Oh, that's fun. Keep doing it. Yeah. It's really fun. <laughs> it's really fun to have a horse kick as you're kind of leaning under their belly Which and kick forward hits, at hits your, face. your face. Actually. Yeah. That's, that's a, yeah. yeah. So yesterday we rode and it was really hot. He was very sweaty and he was very tired. And I said the, the sentence that I said is Abby, I just touched his wiener three times and he didn't even care. <laughs> She's like, you might want to think about where you say that. <laughs> so it was down. I'm like, I'm going to just practice just touching it. It's like, you know, swat, <laughs> swat, swat. And kind of around the same time, I found this on a Mustang Facebook page. And it's somebody shared it. And it's their friend in Wales typed this on Facebook and she shared it with our Mustang group. So I thought I would read it and I'm going to very carefully try to um, keep it clean, but it's somewhat not clean, but I'm not going to use bad words. So I'll just go, I'll just work through it. Okay. If you have tiny little kids in the car, you may want to come back in about a minute. Yeah. So make it two. (laughs) Keep in mind, this is like, I, I, uh, an accent, so we'll be done with the accent, which I'm not going to do. So she wrote, in six years, I've never been able to fully clean Bruno's knob, even under sedation. I checked him on my way home this evening, and the knob rot smell was so bad, I could smell it before <laughs> I even got to him, which is what happened with baby Groot. It's like, just, just smell bad. I decided that today was the day. Nipped out for what looks like the weekly shop of a hygiene-conscious hooker 
and summoned him to the hose pipe. Jimmy, you still with us there? You still with us, Jimmy? Hygiene conscious. I'm here. I'm just throwing up in my mouth. Carry on. I mean, think about what you have to buy at the CVS. You You would look like a hygiene conscious hooker. And I summoned him to the hose pipe. It must have been very uncomfortable because the second I started doing a surgical scrub around the area... He splayed his legs like knock yourself out for all I care. Two bottles of lube, half a bottle of baby bath cream, and five sponges later, having performed a series of maneuvers as seen on Pornhub and and extracted no less than three beans the size of quarters, it now resembles a missile instead of the elephant man's forearm. He is clearly impressed with my handiwork as he decided to test drive his new tar-free appendage by having the world's longest pee immediately afterward, followed by lots of prancing around and swinging it everywhere like a perverted baton twirler. He now has the cleanest wiener in Cardiff, so if he gets lucky down Chippy Lane on Friday night, he can slut around with pride. (laughs) And on that note, how's it hanging? So uh, much cleaner. Aren't you glad I washed your wiener? I admit it's kind of creepy that I had to stick my arm up in your pee-pee. <laughs> it was stinky. It was gunky. It felt icky. It smelled funky. It was crusty. It was cruddy. When you stuck it out, it creaked like it was rusty. <laughs> After half an hour of toiling and of squirting, baby oiling, you're as fresh there as a daisy. Either this means I love you or else I'm crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Since we put that on uh, YouTube in March of 2015, uh, we have 12,000 views to that. Aren't you proud? Uh, I'm one take Johnny over here, just so you know. (laughs) That was one take. Bro. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, you know, it's funny you say one take, Johnny, because this morning I was doing Google Alerts and I was reading my Google Alerts and we have a whole bunch of those and I have one of them for Pony. Well, we get all, do you know how many articles around the world that include the term one trick pony? <laughs> I mean, there I are tons and they have nothing to do with ponies. So I got to thinking, where did that term come from? Where did one trick pony come from? Do you have any idea where that term came from? Um, one trick pony, I could not, no, I don't know. I'll just say that. It came from the circus in the early 1900s. Apparently a circus featuring a pony that has only been trained to perform one trick is not very entertaining. So the old joke claims that a certain circus was so bad, the only trick that the one trick pony had was to play dead. Uh, So the term one trick pony to describe a circus horse act featuring a animal with a small repertoire of talents first appeared around the turn of the 20th century. By the mid 20th century, the term one trick pony was being used all for everything for people who really only did one thing. And until she sang that song and I started embarrassing her by playing it all the time, pretty much all she talked about was sheath cleaning. So I, I, I'm really careful about what I say now, but <laughs> I'm apparently not careful enough to not well, yell across see, the barn to Abby. I touched his wiener three times and he didn't even care. 
<laughs> and Abby's kind of a shy 17 year old. So that's good. That's good. It's good. You yeah. embarrass her like that. Oh, uh, she loves it. <laughs> also, coming back. you have a training tip we're going to do. But before you do that, I wanted to mention that if you're going to be at the Pony Swim, if you're going to be at Chincoteague for the 94th annual, annual Pony Swim that is coming up, the swim itself, actually, the whole it's a whole week worth of activities that start July 21st, but the swim is on the 24th, a Wednesday. If you're going to be there watching the pony swim, we want to have you live. I think for the last, what, four or five years we've had somebody live. Uh, so we need a person. We need a body that's there to witness it, to talk to us on the show live, and to give us a play-by-play of the pony swim for this year. And that happens on the 24th on Wednesday. So if you're going to be there, reach out. Send me an email at glenn at horseradionetwork.com. Send us a message on Facebook, something. Get a hold of us, and we want you to be on the show that day. We don't want to miss a year. It's true. I think we have talked to somebody every year. Yeah. It's been a long time we've been doing that. You just need to go. Have you been before? No, have you? No, but you're closer than me. You <laughs> yeah, know. we are closer than you. Well, that's for sure. No, I've never done it. Never gone You've, there. You'd, you're like infatuated with it. I, I, you should totally go. Year. Every year we have the little fireman on who, you know, put it on. And I'm sure they'd give me a good seat. Little fireman. You better watch what you say. <laughs> right. um, every year, they, I'm sure I'd get a good seat in a boat. We could be out in a boat watching the pony swim across. Yeah. Anyway. You should. That's what's going on. They're expecting a ton of people again this year. They always get a ton of people. But that's coming up next week. I know why you don't go. It's Your wife won't let you because you'd buy one. I know. They have an auction, and they're ponies. What? <laughs> <laughs> trouble. I'm in big trouble. trouble. All right, let's do a training tip quick. Well, I, yeah, I got this because I talked a little bit a couple weeks ago about how baby Stan Lee um, he got a laceration on his leg and it's his hind leg. And I was able to scrub it without him killing me, I guess <laughs> it'd be like the best way to put it. So, um, Iphigenia wrote to, uh, she, she posted on the auditor's room I'm catching up on episodes. And can I say just how jealous I am that Jamie, you were able to clean a wound on a loose foal with no help. My boss just bought a four-year-old mare that needs her back legs washed off. And so far I can't touch her legs to groom them without her snapping them up in the air. And the back legs seem like I might collapse or kick you before allowing any washing to happen. Um, and then apparently the fly spray is also scary. So the, to and so a lot of people wrote that would be a great training tip, you know, introducing fly spray to horses also, t- you know, touching back legs. That's like a whole nother thing. So let's, let's cover fly spray real quick. You have a horse that will not be fly sprayed. Baby girl came to me. That's like, I'm like, did nobody ever spray you before? But I've since found that pretty much everything with Groot was just, manhandled and he never learned anything. And that's a problem with horses is people just think I'm just going to do it to the horse and they never teach the horse how to do it. So walking up with a spray bottle to a horse, they just spray the horse. And of course the horse thinks it's going to be shot. And then the spray bottle goes away and their adrenaline is up and then it comes at him again and their adrenaline goes up and adrenaline up learning down. Once the horse's adrenaline is up, they will not learn anything. So you have to do it in a way that you keep the adrenaline low. Now, a lot of what scares the horses is sometimes it's weird, just the noise. So test out that out while you're grooming your horse. Just make that noise like a fly spray noise and see if that's it. If that is it, do that around them all the time. And, you know, you should be a little bit better because they'll learn that 
that that's not something that's painful. Uh, another thing you can do is, and this is, let's let's think about the horse can't be fly sprayed anywhere. And the bottle coming at them, spraying something fluidy, it's obviously acid and it's going to eat their skin and they're going to die. So that's what they think. So get a bottle and fill it up with water. And <clears throat> hold your horse in your left hand and your spray bottle is in your right hand. And I want you to spray behind you over your right shoulder like you're shooting a gun behind you while your horse is in front of you. And just start spraying and then stop. And see what your horse's reaction is. If your horse's reaction is explosive to just that, then you need to do that a lot more. And even move a little further away. Find that comfort zone to where the, they've realized the spray bottle is not going to hurt them. Okay, so say your horse is in your left hand. You're holding the lead rope under the chin. And the spray bottle is in your right hand. And your arms are as far out as possible. And you're spraying the bottle behind you. Slowly bring it closer. Like, like say you're holding it at... Your horse is at nine o'clock in your hand and your spray bottle is at three o'clock. So you straight across, then start making your way up to 12 and then away and then come close and away. Approach and retreat, approach and retreat. Why does that work so well? Because a predator never retreats. So you are confirming to your horse that you are not a predator. But if you're spraying at, you know, you're spraying it out in front of you and your horse is over on your left side and they're reacting, keep spraying, just keep and keep it where it is. And as soon as that horse starts reacting and fidgeting and moving away, keep spraying it. And once they stop and they relax, take it away. So they learn that as this spray bottle comes to them, the way to make it go away is just to stand still. And then it goes away and then slowly bring it closer. And then you can spray like up in the air and let it, the water just mist down on the horse or, you know, just slowly work till it's closer and closer and then take it away and spray away and spray close. That's why it's important to have a bottle full of water. So you're not wasting $27 of fly spray just to train. So close away, take it in and away. Um, now, if you, there, I've worked with a horse that was explosive with the fly spray, noise, water, anything coming down on it. So what we did was we brought her best friend out and we started spraying next to her, started spraying her best friend. So you put the horses side by side, like put your hands together. You have one horse on one side, one on the other. And you stand on the side of the horse that doesn't mind being sprayed. And you spray the horse all over and then you lift the spray bottle up and you spray over your horse's back once or twice and it falls down on the other horse that hates it. You're like, oh my God, I'm going to die. And then they don't die. And so you keep spraying the good ones. And by this time they're getting pretty wet, you know, and you spray over and then you spray back and you spray around and you spray back and you continue to like get it to where it touches the horse. So the, the lesson here is approach and retreat and go start, start a far away. And just slowly work your way in and out. If you do this, the rest of the horse's life will be okay to be fly sprayed. So just keep that in mind. Evagenia wrote in that something that's really bad with the horse is that they can't touch her back legs or clean her back legs. Uh, 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 the, the horse that came to me in training here, Larry, that's here right now, he would not be hosed down. He was, uh, you just can't hose him down. Uh, so what I did is I have my sprayer. And I had him in the wash stall, and it's just like with the fly spray, you guys. You spray away, you spray towards them and away, towards them and away. And I started making it closer and closer. And then I fly sprayed his, or I used the water hose on his feet. 
and then you pull it away. Y'all should see how I talk with my hands when I'm doing this. It's amazing. <laughs> so <laughs> spray the feet and away. Spray the feet and up and away. And if they're moving around a lot and they're super nervous, don't, that means you've pushed too hard. You've gone too close. And then you, when you do finally make contact with them for the water and they're like, oh, my God, and they stand still, take it away. And then water in and then water out and water in and a little higher and water out and water. I make a big flooded mess when I train a horse. It's who cares? Yeah. Just wa- I'm going to use a lot of water. So water in, water out, water in and up a little higher water out. And now I can blast that horse with the water hose because you have learned, you have taught the horse that approach and retreat, approach and retreat. A predator never retreats. I swear you, you're like, you think, I'll just get this done. It'll take less time. I promise you, if you invest five minutes now, every time you do it in the future will be so much better. You just have to do the homework. I've watched one of our listeners, Jill, she keeps sending me videos of her trying all of these training techniques that I use and it's working. I'm so happy that she's uh, trying all of it because it is, it's just homework. So she's working on getting her horse to move off her leg and she's putting her horse's nose in the corner and everybody in the boarding barn is like, what is your problem? What are you doing? You know what? She's training her horse and that's what she's doing. So anyway, I just uh, love helping you guys. And and if you have questions or you want to take a video and send it to me, that is totally fine. I do free consultations with you and your Only horse. Only for listeners. <laughs> <laughs> for listeners. Well, yeah, the rest of them, I, I mean, why would they know? So anyway, <laughs> but yeah, d- please uh, let me know. And Iphigenia, you and I, uh, I'll do another um, training tip later on how to successfully touch those back legs, but use this approach and retreat, use the hose on her back legs, spray the desensitize the back legs, approach and retreat with the hose. And then you should be able to get a little bit closer and have a lead rope on her and have it around your you know, in your hand so you can pull her face towards you if she goes to kick, because if you pull their face towards you, it makes your hips go away, but just spray her. That's the good, that's the first start to getting them to where you can touch their back legs and fly spray them. So those two things go very well together. So good luck. Y'all keep me posted. Very good. Next up, we have Justine from Heels Down Magazine and Heels Down Happy Hour. You heard her clicking in there. Hi, Justine. Hi, how are you? Are you in the car hiding at the newspaper? Um, I'm actually, I'm in the car, but I'm hiding at the barn. Oh, okay. <laughs> better place. <laughs> That's much better. You know, I don't know that we've asked you on this show. Tell us about your horse. Oh, sure. Uh, so my horse, his name is Mikey. He is a off-track thoroughbred. Um, he trained to race, was sold at the Keeneland auction, but never actually raced. So he's not tattooed. Um, and he's great. He's a big, almost 17 hand chestnut gelding. Um, I've had him two years now and he's the love of my life. (laughs) And you can hear a lot more about him on Heels Down Happy Hour. That's the podcast that, uh, Heels Down Magazine does here on Norris Radio Network. And Justine's one of the hosts and she talks about her horsey and, and doing fun things with, with your horse. So what's going on over at Heels Down? Oh, it's really busy right now as uh, Jess, uh, another one of our hosts, Jess Payne, and her husband, Doug, are gearing up for the Pan American Games, which are at the end of this month. Uh, Doug is on the U.S. eventing team with his mare, Star Witness. And actually, Van Diver, the horse he competed at Land Rover with, uh, is, is the reserve horse for the team. So he's been busy training with the team, and they're getting ready to go to Lima, Peru, for the Pan Ams, which has been really exciting. And... Um, 
I had to look and up yeah. where that was, and uh, apparently it's on the coast down there in the in Peru. Oh, that's interesting. See, I didn't even know that either. Yeah, I had to look <laughs> but... up where it even was. Peru is one of those countries I go, I know it's down there, uh, but I'm not quite sure, like, in relation to Brazil and all those other countries where it is, you know? Sure. Yeah. It just sounds hot. Yeah, hot exactly. Be there in, and exotic. In July. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. You know, I guess you fly. It's not as long a flight as, as Europe, probably. I don't know. Good question. Yeah, uh, I think for the horses, you know, it's got to be a little bit shorter, right? Um, I would think. But, but it's yeah, it's still an ordeal. They're you know they're still going to another country and uh, getting settled, and and maybe some of the horses that competed at the World Equestrian Games that are going to the Pan Ams might be ready or prepared for the heat and humidity because it was pretty hot in September and Tryon. But um, but yeah, I feel like it's 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 a big environment for the horses to get ready for. Um, but it's going to be really exciting, especially eventing. So the U.S. team is in an interesting and kind of high-risk position in that they have to finish, I think, in the top two in order to get their Olympic qualification for Tokyo 2020. So this is uh, a pretty big competition for, is I this, think, the U.S. and Is this the Canada. last shot they have of getting that? I think so, Yeah. yeah. So, and that's a big deal because you can send individuals, but I mean, you're not going as a team. You're not even competing, right? Exactly, uh, yeah. exactly. So uh, they've assembled a great team, uh, and I think uh, I think they've got a good shot. But you know, that's a lot of pressure going into an event like that. And Doug has to, you know, the rest of them are training, really training up. I mean, they all ride multiple horses a day, but they're really training up their one horse to go. Doug has to train up too because he's got the spare too. Exactly. So it's been interesting. If you follow Doug on social media, on Instagram, he's been sharing a lot of photos and stories. uh, You know, they just did a test event last weekend uh, where he rode both horses. And it's been interesting to kind of see behind the scenes. And we had Doug on the show on Heels Done Happy Hour, not our most recent episode, but the episode before that when they had just announced the team. And Doug shared a lot of tips about, you know, how he's preparing, but then uh, he shed some light about his mayor start witness, which they call Jinja, uh, who sounds like a really, just a really cool horse. And it was fun to get to learn a little bit more about her personality. Very good. And I also know that you guys have been doing a lot of fashion stories lately. What, what's get, what's up with, what's up with that? Yeah, <laughs> we have. So, uh, Jamie, actually, this is a great way to start this conversation. Let's let me pose this question to you as someone okay. who events and who competes. Would you wear your show coat in like a like a career professional setting? Like if you were going to a job interview, like would you wear your dressage show coat? Um, <laughs> I'm putting I you on know. the spot. <laughs> well, I, 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 I don't think so. No. So. Our fashion editor, Caitlin Woodburn, wrote a story just recently about how you can incorporate your show clothes into like your everyday, you know, office wardrobe or even like if you were going out at night. And so what they did in this story uh, is they took the have you seen those really cool? I think it's Horseware who makes them the Animo show coats that are mesh and they're like very light. Yes. Um, aren't they cool? So she we took one of those show coats and she styled the coat with three different, um, you know, everyday, not at the barn type outfits and how you could incorporate it into your wardrobe. And I was super impressed. I was like, okay, maybe I could pull this off. See, um, what I was thinking is the, I would have to get my show coat out of my tack box more than three days before the next show. 
to get it. And actually get it cleaned from the last 12 times she's been to a show and last... never had it cleaned. Yeah, and... exactly. <laughs> so I have one of those as equestrian ones and you just put it in the washer. It's amazing. And so that's the problem is I like take it off, toss it down and pick it up, put it in the washer and then use it again. So I'd actually have to wash it. But first. let's think about it though. Your show, your, your, you horse ladies, your show clothes are a hell of a lot more expensive than your goodwill finds for your everyday outfits. True. Very true. Right. <laughs> so this is one way to get the most out of it. I Maybe guess. that's why I don't have a good corporate type job, Glenn. I never really dressed yes, the part. Never. No, I'm sure you didn't. <laughs> I'm sure you showed up in Atlanta it, to your big radio jobs fully dressed up. Um. Yeah. And, and I, I went every morning when I worked at the traffic center in my pajamas. I was going to say, you probably went in your pajamas, <laughs> didn't you? Because uh-huh. you had to be there like I mean, two in the morning. Like- yeah, it was like four in the morning. Who I, and people would come in with like makeup on. I'm like, you shame on you. <laughs> You're showing me up. <laughs> That's funny. That but is funny. That you know, we all see, especially living here in a Cali. You know, you see people out and about in their show clothes all the time, but they're just going to the store and stuff. I've never thought about actually wearing them for important things. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of interesting, right? I think if you could. If you could pull off the right look, uh, I would feel pretty confident in it. I would do it. Well, let's face it. That that S equestrian coat you have, those run about 600 bucks. Do you own any other piece of clothing? Take your wedding out of it. Do you own any other piece of clothing that's not horsey that was $600? Oh, God. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> no. Like, I would never had I never had a car payment that was that much. That's right. Yeah. And that's what we spend to ride, you know, for three, four minutes, right? In well, a weekend. boots, too. I think what the show coat, I mean, the shirts and stuff, they're expensive, but not as a single item. That and the boots. I mean, custom boots will cost you $2,000. Even regular boots are, what, $600. That's why if you go to horselovers.com, every <laughs> once in a while, they have a great sale. And I just bought boots, Justine, and it's like they were free. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just like they were free. Exactly like they were free. Yeah. It's like they were free. They were like so cheap. They were free. They like literally gave them to me. Okay. (laughs) How do I get that deal? (laughs) I know. Horselovers.com. Justine, that's just what she tells her husband when she spends $300 on boots. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Yeah. She comes back and says they're practically free because they were $600 and I only spent three. Justine, you're married, right? Have you not learned this? Like, say you want to buy a horse or say say you want to buy a pair of boots. Babe, I really need these. Like, I need these boots. Okay. Well, how much are they? They're $900. And they'll be like, $900? You're like, just kidding. They're only $300. And they'll be like, well, that's a great deal. You should get them. That is a good tactic. See, I just do it and then ask for forgiveness later. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> she has a very comfortable couch too. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like in our marriage we're supposed to discuss big purchases, and I do discuss them after they're made. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. I discussed it. <laughs> you no, know, I did do that to my poor husband on Black Friday two years ago. I needed a truck. Like it was time for me to just invest in my own truck. And I just, uh, he was out golfing with his buddies and I just text him a picture of the truck and, (laughs) and (laughs) literally the dealership parking lot. And he went dot, dot, dot. Did you buy that? (laughs) And I I went, yes, yes, I did. So (laughs) I am bad that way. I guess don't take my advice. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you're still married, so he must just be used to it by now. <laughs> one, of, one of Jemmy and I's friends posted this. Steve posted this on Facebook yesterday. It applies. Uh, to women who may be surprised to learn that making us sleep on the couch isn't that bad, it's kind of manly. Makes us feel like we're camping with a really angry bear nearby. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Just reverse that. that. Funny. And that would be the case with most horsewomen. It'd be reversed. Yeah. <laughs> Justine, thank you so much. Where can everybody find your stuff? So obviously you could find the Heels Down Happy Hour podcast on the Horse Radio Network. And if you want to read more stories from us, you can go to heelsdownmag.com. And tell everybody about the newsletter because that's become really popular too. Yeah, you should sign up for the Heels Down Brief, which is our daily or weekday daily email newsletter and it's super fun it's not just horse news it's all kinds of interesting things Uh, i was pretty surprised when i I signed up a couple weeks ago at how much non-horsey stuff but is but it is all stuff that is interesting to 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 people that would sign up for a a heels down brief it's like it's like it's like you're getting real news and is it interspersed in the horse news which makes me feel like i'm more of a normal human <laughs> We're trying to give you good, you know, good talking points for when you go to happy hour, right? So you're in the know, you know what's going on in the world. Um, and all you got to do is sign up for our email newsletter and we deliver it right to your inbox every day. Um, this week, we're sharing a bunch of riding tips um, from Doug Payne as he gets ready for the Pan Ams. He's talking about how he develops young horses in the brief all week. So if you want to sign up and get that email in your inbox every morning, you can go to bit dot lee slash hd brief very good well thank you so much for that we really appreciate it and we'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks have a great day thanks Justin. bye bye all right so let's all review what we learned today what did we learn today <clears throat> i learned that you're going next year to the chickatee pony swim <laughs> Do you sign me up for that? I'm going to go up. And you're going to buy a pony, and it's going to be so fun. (laughs) Jemmy, what did you learn today? Jemmy. I learned that sheath cleaning is still really, really gross and also really, really funny. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. And I learned today that... um, that uh, our li- our listeners in Louisiana and Texas should really buy a raincoat uh, and uh, get prepared because she's going to get yes. very, very wet. Hang in there, guys. Hang in there. Very, very wet. All right. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you all tomorrow. Is uh, Mary Kitzmiller's back with some training uh, tips along with Jennifer. And then on Friday, we have really bad ads. Jennifer said she needs some, so especially some audio ones. So if you want to record your own, send them to Jennifer at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Or if you go to our HorsesInTheMorning.com page, you'll see a voicemail thing on the right side. If you're using your phone, just go there, click on the voicemail thing. You can talk right into your phone and record it right there. It sends us to us automatically. So you can do it one of two ways. You get double entries. Uh, and by the way, we never mentioned who won the last month. <laughs> we picked a winner, but never mentioned it was Robin Donahue who won the box of crap. So congratulations Yay. to Robin. We'll start with a new prize again on Friday. All right, there, everybody. Thanks much. The Spay Neuter Geld. Have a good one. Spay Neuter Geld and wash that wiener. We hire somebody. Ha, 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 ha.